T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Breaking down everything Patriots with Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Hart. The Six Rings Post Game Show is co-sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro, where recovery is possible. By your local New England Kubota tractor dealers. By Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com by Catches Law Group, the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com, and by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. At the end of one of the more memorable, emotional weeks in NFL history, and one of the more frustrating Patriots seasons in recent memory, came a clash of division foes with similar agendas against an unforgettable backdrop. The Buffalo Bills, three-time defending division champions, dominant in many recent matchups against New England, rode a wave of resilience and inspiration thanks to the miraculous recovery of safety DeMar Hamlin. The Patriots, mired in turmoil, dysfunction, and and underproductivity, came in hoping to play the part of spoiler and get the upset win and punch their ticket to the playoffs. The result... Another Sunday full of promise, broken dreams, self-inflicted wounds, turnovers, and disappointment. The final in Buffalo, Buffalo 35, New England 23. The New England Patriots finish for the third time in the Bill Belichick era with a losing record of 8-9 and and have been eliminated from the postseason. Good afternoon, hello, and welcome, everyone. This is your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens alongside Andy Jumbo Hart, with the Six Rings postgame show on 93.7 FM, WEEI, and all across the WEEI Sports Radio Network. You can join the show at any time by giving us a call at 617-779-7937. That's the number. Keep it locked in. Producer Nick LaPan will be happy to greet you and give us your season-ending thoughts, and we'll take a look ahead at what's to come for the Patriots. But right now we're talking about a very, very, very frustrating defeat a game the Patriots actually were in for three quarters and even took the lead at one point in the third quarter as they were outplaying the Buffalo Bills in an emotional high-mark stadium. The socials, at WEEI, at FitzyGFY, and at Jumbo Hart. Andy, for a while there, honestly, guy, I thought they were going to do it. I thought the Patriots were going to do the unthinkable and save their best for last. And they almost did. They really almost did. But you can't. On a day, you just can't give up 200 yard kickoff return touchdowns in a game ever. 
and expect to win. If anything, dare I say, that was probably the most quintessentially New England Patriots 2022 way to lose a game and end the season. Well, I think it was a mirrored loss. And I say that you've sort of lived thanks to defensive touchdowns, punt return touchdowns. You've lived that life that Belichick always calls points you can't really count on. Today you gave up the points that you can't really count on from the opening 14 seconds when I think everybody on the planet was thinking, well, probably 55-3 to Bills today after the opening kickoff for a touchdown, 96 yards, Naheem Hines. And Mm -hmm. Patriots went punch for punch. They hung in there. They wouldn't die. They gave it away. They'd get it right back. And it was really, objectively speaking, and I know fans probably don't want to hear this, it was a really entertaining football game. It was a really fun football game that unfortunately – leaves you on the outside looking in at the postseason but um if i'm going to be silver lining andy hart if you can ever have a pretty nice passing day when you throw three interceptions i thought mac jones had it today those people that believed the season was about mac jones i think there was a late run by your young quarterback to say i don't suck as bad as you think i suck and i might be the future mac jones is the last person save for that one uh, 50-50 ball or sideline pass that he threw the way of Nelson Aguilar in the second, that was third quarter, excuse me, third, third quarter. quarter. Yeah. The early third quarter interception he threw, which was just a poor choice, just a bad look. Wasn't the right, and a bad play right by reason, Aguilar. The right guy. That's I don't think like, Aguilar did anything on that play. I, no, like, he did. I, it looks like he just, at least he went for it in the playoff game when he when he went deep for Aguilar and Micah Hyde made that spectacular interception. This one, it looks like he just sort of like gave up on it along the way. That's you. That's Devonte Parker territory. That's that's Parker country. Yep. Fifty. You saw ball, that later. Same. Which spot. we saw later on a spectacular, t- a perfect, an absolute dime, as my son called it. Twenty six yards to Parker at the goal line. He rolled in for six. That's that's where Devonte Parker does his best work and lives and dies. That was a bad choice by Mac. But otherwise, the the, the other two interceptions later, forget him. The, uh, they they weren't the undoing of the Patriots today. The Patriots. Now I will say, today, you saw. The di- even with Mac, I thought playing well. Certainly in the first half, I think he went like thirteen of sixteen. You're in a fourteen fourteen ball game. I thought he played really well, but you also saw the difference between Mac playing well and Josh Allen, even when he's maybe not playing his best. But any one play, he can roll out and chuck the ball fifty five yards for a dime touchdown. Oh That's my like gosh. he's on a different level, and you see that it only takes a handful of plays to really tell you the massive difference between Josh Allen and admittedly. Most NFL quarterbacks. He's in the top, you know, handful of guys on the planet right now. But um, definitely a a juxtaposition there between the skills of their quarterback when he needs to make a play and the skills of your quarterback when he needs to make a play. Yeah. Mac Jones on the day finishes 26 of 40, 243 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. I do not believe that stat line tells the entire story of his effort and how he played today. Whereas you just mentioned Josh Allen started pretty slow, as a matter of fact. Yep, 19 of 31, 254 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, but two throws, dare I say, only Josh Allen could make. Now, I had the discussion earlier this week on the Rich Keefe show. We played a little Would You Rather, and Would You Rather Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? And I think between the two, I understand no one is better at improvisational playmaking than Patrick Mahomes, as the guy also just finishes the season with the most combined yardage for a quarterback in NFL history. That shovel pass he threw to McKinnon on the opening drive yesterday proved positive of what a unique and uh, generational talent he is. But when Josh Allen does things like rolls to his right, throws against his body, and throws a 55-yard tethered laser to John Brown, 
that he extends and catches in the end zone for six. Very reminiscent, Andy, if you will, of the touchdown pass that was not called a touchdown in the second quarter of the Thursday night loss, 24-10, Patriots suffered against Buffalo. Remember that one, like in the back of the end zone against Jonathan Jones? Same thing, rolling to oh, his yeah. right. Oh, yeah, yep. What this guy can do, and then, of course, the pass to Diggs. Oh. Jonathan truly... Jones is even in good coverage, and he just drops it in Steph Diggs' basket. Again, Kendrick Bourne played pretty well today. Devontae Parker, terrific day. We had flashes from Jacoby Myers, who had an awesome toe-tap touchdown uh, in the first half as well. But look at what happens when you give a true A number one, unique alpha talent to a quarterback on the rise. They're able to get together and do special things. But before we even get further into the how Mac Jones played and you know Mac Jones being being potentially the answer in the future, I hope a lot of people watch this game today, and I'm sure it was a massive national audience. It's going to draw insane ratings. Locally, I hope people watch because with a competent game plan, some well-executed, well-timed calls, and a chance to throw... Mac Jones did have an excellent day today, but Andy, no matter how much Mac Jones, quote-unquote, as the kids like to say, balled out today, you're not going to overcome 200-yard touchdown returns. I, I mean, leave Cam Accord in Buffalo. Tell him to walk. Buy your own ticket back on JetBlue. Rent a car. Uh, use Turo. Whatever. That's fine. And, and still, I know it's not his responsibility to physically make the guys tackle, but my God, what an awful way for a legend like Matthew Slater to have to go out with maybe one of the worst showings on special teams in the Bill Belichick era. Yeah, I mean, there's no awful. no excuse. I think oh. they said there had been four kickoff returns all year, and you give up two to Naheem Hines in a in a must-win situation. Yeah. And then you add in the two long touchdown throws. I mean, four big plays, and I know you can't take them away. Like, you fought hard. You played more than even with the Buffalo Bills, but the explosive plays on offense, the two throws from Josh Allen, and then the explosive plays in the kicking game in the home. And, and that's uh, – it's too bad because we shouldn't be here, and certainly we can all go back through the season in terms of, you know, the Bears' loss and, and things that should have come out differently, the lateral in Las Vegas and all those things. But even with all that in the rearview mirror – you showed up in a tough situation today. Everybody thought it was a tough spot. Everybody was picking the Bills. I watched all the pregame shows, uh, blah, even Teddy Bruschi. Everybody's on the Bills. You hung with them. You had a chance, and you just – the funny thing is, and we, we shouldn't do this. I've actually argued against doing this. This is anti-Patriots, right? GTFB. You don't give up big plays in the passing game. Make them earn it. Make them march down the field and play good in the kicking game. Play three phases of football. Those are not Belichick's Patriots anymore, and today you lost because of it. No, that's not Bill Belichick football, but how many times have we said on this postgame show, whatever hour we've filled in across the dial, and of course the Six Rings podcast, that the more often that the New England Patriots do things that did not resemble the winning football they played during the double dynastic run, the more often they do things like this now, post-Tom Brady, this is more the norm now, Andy. This is Absolutely. like Patriots football is coming to be redefined as making mistakes, as finding ways to lose the game, as not coming through in the clutch, falling to teams that you used to beat, being the team that gives up the head scratching long pass kickoff return. I, I hate to say I mean, I, I hate to say it, whether I'm hosting a radio show, having to try to be critical and provide analysis or I'm a fan in the other room 
chowing down on a bucket of Christmas popcorn, you know, the tricolor kind. There's no greater kind around this time of year. With my two sons, helping them grow their love of Patriots, football, and more. These are just facts. Like, this is how the Patriots are now. In the three seasons, this is such a tough reality to swallow. In the three seasons since Tom Brady left, Bill Belichick now, if you include the playoffs, has a losing record. Yep. A, a losing record. He is one game under 500, playoffs included, since Tom Brady left town. I know it takes a long time to rebuild a roster, a roster that you said you built entirely for and sold out for with Tom Brady. I get it. But it just, it just, it, it confuses me and frustrates me to no end to see these Patriots play the way that they took advantage of in other teams for so long. It seems anti-Patriot, Andy, but now it's more becoming the Patriot way. And it's just an awful way to send out legends like Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater, if in fact that was their last game in a Patriots uniform. And and you start to get into talent versus execution. You know, our guy, and, and I don't want to you know, bury the guy, bully the guy, but Miles Bryant was on the receiving end of one of those long touchdowns oh. and bounced right off of Hines on the second kickoff return. He was sort of directly responsible for two of the big play touchdowns, two of the four, and that's a guy that I don't believe should be on the field. Like, I don't think he's good enough. No. I, I've told you this all year. I would target him. If I were an opposing quarterback, I would look for 27, and I'd throw that way as often as possible. So we do need to get back to there's some talent differentials. You mentioned it. Stephon Diggs is on one team. Stephon Diggs is making big plays when the big plays need to be made. Devontae Parker made some plays, but is he a true number one? You know, like there's a, a talent differential between these two teams in a lot of ways, and that's why the Bills are, you know, theoretically could have competed for the number one seed, but the number two seed, they're one of the best offenses in football. They have one of the better defenses in football. You know, they have former first-round picks on both sides of the ball that make some big plays for them. Yeah. You know, so I think the execution is a key, but there's that weird gray area where execution and talent overlap. Are you not executing because you're poorly coached? You might argue that with the special teams because we've seen enough of those mistakes over the last two years. Or are you not executing because there's a deficiency in talent in some areas? And I think there's a combination of those two issues is why you're an 8-9 and nine football team and the offseason is here. Uh, can I also uh, offer up that while we expect there to be a change and we will do we'll play a little fill in the blank later we'll give you some probabilities on last calls whether certain players return potential free agents that may look to play football elsewhere and beyond uh nobody wants to hear this but i feel like i need to say it matt patricia wasn't the problem today everybody no Th today Today's this offense L in no nice. way shape or form is on matt patricia in fact i thought he actually called a really good game to the point where it was like andy I tweeted it. You either thought it or tweeted it. Uh, millions of others did. Where the frig was this offense all season? Where was this play calling? Where was and this confidence in execution? That's the one concern that there was an outlier group of fans had that want Matt Patricia out and worry that a late season surge in competency yep. could affect the decisions in the offseason. Because the way I look at this, and maybe I'm cold-hearted, and I know these are these are men with families and jobs, but maybe I'm sorry, this is the business we've chosen. This is the business we're in. That you should have two new coordinators next year, offense and special teams, right? Like, uh, to if me, they don't have obvious. a new special teams coordinator next year, I'm not watching. You're <laughs> lying. You're burning your jerseys. Stop catching me in the middle. Stop calling me on my lies. I'm in a glass case of emotion. 
But, uh, like, I don't mean to be harsh like that, but the defense is pretty good. I know Steve Belichick was getting quite a, a tongue bath from Tony Romo, talking about how good he is. Oh, uh, and I, I actually never thought hear he Romo nice on the job. call again. It'll be a day too soon. I love when people have jumped on the Romo bandwagon. He has stunk since day one, and you people just finally realized it. I loved his um, stumbling through the final seconds. Did you hear when he said, and now the Bills know that they won't have to play in another team's stadium as long as they win. And then he goes, well, you, you know, they will, but but, but, but it won't be the uh, Chiefs. Uh, and he just kind of fumbled it away because he said something stupid and couldn't, couldn't pull out of it. <laughs> so quintessentially Romo-esque type of play. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he, 100, like, 100%. When you go to replay and he goes. I don't want to play goes, in another team's stadium except the neutral site that hopefully they'll actually right. be able to. Which actually belongs to another team. It's just not the Chiefs team. And right. there were, How many replays were there where he was like, I don't know. Okay, thanks for your opinion. Really appreciate you, Ordway. Just kind of sit in the middle of the fence there. This is what makes you wish, uh, not to go too behind the production door or curtain here, but this is what makes you wish TV, which obviously they crush it on some of these premier broadcasts and everything about going there early today and showcasing all the love for Hamlin and the energy and the mood in the stadium was spectacular. But this is really, they do the replays on the plays and whatnot. Terrific refereeing crew today. Uh, I wish they almost had like radio drops so that a producer could just play back Romo's audio so he could hear oh, the and have a laugh at how what an absolute clown he sounded like half of this game today. Uh, for anyone who uh, was watching the game and wants to know exactly what the playoff implications are from the one o'clock affair, the playoff teams have been set. We don't know the times and dates for the AFC playoff games next weekend yet on Super Wildcard Weekend. It's uh, three games on Saturday, two on Sunday, and then one on Monday. But the seven participants in the AFC will be the number one seed, Kansas City Chiefs, who get next weekend off. Then you have the Buffalo Bills playing the number seven seed, Miami Dolphins, who win a torrid 9-6 affair with Skylar Thompson under center in Miami to punch their ticket. The Pittsburgh Steelers won 28-14. It's a damn shame a team that's playing as well as they are doesn't get in and provide a little entertainment because at least I thought they would have given them a game up in Buffalo. The three seed will be the Cincinnati Bengals. The four seed, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who won 20-16 last night in Duval. And your wild card teams, the Los Diego Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, oh boy, and the Miami Dolphins. Damn shame. Damn shame, Andy. I find the last two teams interesting just because... We don't know who the quarterback's going to be, and the quarterback <laughs> makes a big difference. Wild card weekend. Well, yeah, if it's the negative, but if Lamar Jackson returns, like the Ravens are a completely different team. Now the Dolphins, who knows what they're going to be? I feel like they're destined. Tyreek Hill got banged up today. I feel like they're destined to be uh, one and done. Yeah, I I'm not placing any wagers on next weekend. Of course, I'll watch every single second of it, but um, no no wagers just yet. But. Do you think this uh, this Buffalo team today, do you think they played, uh, did Buffalo play as well as you expected, not as well as you expected, or you weren't even really sure because of what an emotional environment it would be? Yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. Now, I thought they were going to play better once the opening kickoff went for a touchdown because I thought that was sort of like a reliever, a sigh of relief. Okay, we oh, can yeah. just play and momentum and everything. And then they found themselves in a dogfight for much of three-plus quarters, early fourth quarter of this football game, and give the Patriots credit for creating some of that. I thought they made some plays they needed to offensively. I thought defensively, when Steve Belichick chose to pressure, they got some pressure on Josh Allen. The problem is when they chose not to pressure and just rush the simple three at times, and even four a couple times, 
Uh, Josh Allen stood back there, patted the ball. They said it at halftime, patted the baby, burped the baby, and then found an open receiver. So, no, I, I, I thought the Bills were fine. Coming off everything, uh-huh. the unknown of this week, I, I thought they were fine. I, I think they'll need to play better. I don't think they played well enough today to beat the Chiefs or the Bengals. They'll, they'll, they'll need to play better if it gets to that point. But um, they did what they needed to do to secure what they needed to secure. They did the job. They they yeah. they did exactly what they needed to do. We we all likely or probably figured they would play an imperfect game given the emotional week that they had, the ups and the downs, the uncertainty even about if the game would get played, let alone on time. But once they got the positive once they got the positive news about Hamlin's recovery, uh I think Buffalo just, you know, set their eyes and their focus on Sunday. And you knew there was gonna be a charged environment, you knew you were gonna get a whale of an effort from them, but there would be some there would be some uncertainty. Guys like Josh Allen just can't be as amped up as they are and play a mistake-free, perfect football game. You knew there would have to be some mistakes made along the way, some imperfections. And I, I for one, thought the Patriots would give it their best effort. But the reality is this. The Patriots' best effort this year against the good teams just wasn't good enough. And maybe, maybe it is if they play a perfect game, but these Patriots are not capable of playing a perfect game so the closest thing you'll get Andy to a perfect game from the 2022 New England Patriots eight and nine and Dunsky no playoffs for them is a game where they only maybe turn it over once have a handful of penalties and maybe give up one big special teams play but instead today the refs definitely were not on their side Whoo boy talk about a sell yeah. job WWF style vintage from I the thought 1980s. the refs actually gave both teams some Oh yeah, leeway. no, they were yeah, they were the refs were. Bad. I think they, they, they chose basically not to call any. Well, I mean, for three quarters, they basically didn't call anything. No, they didn't. Um, and so I, I actually like that style of play. I actually the let them play they, style. Yeah, then I thought they started calling some ticky tack. Yep. Um, fouls both ways, which I'll never understand. You let them play for three quarters, and then you make questionable calls in the fourth quarter. I don't never understood that philosophy, but yeah, you. I think both sides would have some uh, arguments. Now there was the blatant offsides. I don't know how that gets missed. I don't know how a man can stand on one side of the field, a man can stand on the other side of the field on a line, look down the line, and not tell when a man crosses that line before he's allowed to. He's, his Half his body was over the line of scrimmage, and he was in the backfield before they snapped yep. the ball, and they didn't call offsides. Also, nope. there were a couple of different pass plays. I took little videos and shared them on my timeline at FitzyGFY, if anyone wants to see them, where Buffalo's defenders... One uh, Actually, one was Tremaine Edmonds on the pass to Myers right before the end of the half. The other was a pass play in the corner of the end zone that was being defended by Matt Milano. And the Bills defenders never turned to face the quarterback or face the ball, just went hands up, clubbed the Patriots receivers in the face with their arms, knocking them off spot before the ball gets there. And they just, you know, hey, it's football. It's a physical sport. We'll just let him play. Like, Come on, you got one job out there, refs. Try to call it clean. Try to call it even-handed. But, again, even if the Patriots got those calls, I don't think those would have ultimately made the difference, and I don't think that's what they're going to be harping on in the locker room or whenever they get a chance to review today's game and the season. Once again, the final from Buffalo, 35-23. to 23. This is the Six Rings postgame show on WEI. We'll be with you till 7.30 until we throw it to coverage from Westwood 1 of Sunday Night Football a game that we don't know just yet if it's a playoff game, if you will, proverbially speaking, between Detroit and the Packers. If the Seahawks lose, then it's win 
and you get in. So we'll be here with you till 7.30 tonight. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. If the lines are packed, hang tight. We'll get to you. We'll make sure we share all the thoughts, the frustrations, the aggravations of today's game, the postseason, and what it could have been the entire season, what kind of changes you believe will be coming for the Patriots, and what changes you want to see. Andy, given how frustrated... I mean, we're in a position because of what we do, where the longer the Patriots play, the more we have to talk about. Yes. There'll still be plenty to talk about for weeks on the radio, on our podcast, and beyond. But are you, like some of the callers, like a lot of Pats fans, in the messages they shared with us in recent weeks, are you kind of glad this is over? Um, No, I'm never glad it's over because Same. this is our livelihood. I enjoy I mean, if I didn't enjoy talking and debating football, I wouldn't be in this line of work. So the fact that because, you know, the offseason will always be there. It's not yeah. like, oh, great. We got to something early, you know, getting to the buffet early before the good stuff is gone. No, no, no. We know the offseason, the draft, the coaching changes will always be there to talk about. If you had had a playoff game to talk about, there's always that chance of seeing something remarkable. Like I saw Rich Ornberger, former Patriots offensive lineman, does radio in San Diego now, say if the Patriots win in this environment in Buffalo after this week and everything that's gone on, they could beat anybody. I don't know whether I agreed with that, but it was a nice thought you could carry into a week if they did pull off this upset and say maybe they can do it twice. Maybe they can do this. Maybe so. I always root for the extension of the season and, and another game to be played because it's sports. You never know what you're going to see. Same here as well. I didn't want the season to come to an end. And I kind of agree. Like, if the Patriots that played this first half today could have played a full game, and, yeah, maybe they escaped Buffalo with a win, uh, they would have likely had to go to Cincinnati next weekend, and that would have been an interesting rematch of what uh, our Christmas Eve affair was. Patriots kind of owe Cincinnati one after fumbling away that one. That would have been fun. That would have been, that would have been great, but they weren't able to do that. And that's the story to me. When you start looking long view as to what the story of the 2022 New England Patriots is, to me that story is the imperfections of this team, the inability to get out of their own way, the repetitive mistakes, the things that they did to lose ball games. Because let's yep. let's be honest, the Patriots got beat in plenty of football games this year, but this team did so much to lose ball games, and you mentioned it earlier. I'll be happy to go right back over it again. You, these guys now, Andy, for the next nine, the next eight months of their lives until they kick off a new season again in September of 2023, whichever players do in fact return from this iteration of the New England Patriots for the next eight months, these guys are going to be left thinking, how did we not win that game in Vegas? Why did we throw that away? How did we not finish the comeback against Cincinnati how in the world were we not prepared to play the Bears what is wrong with us what what why did we do this why did we do this to ourselves why didn't we at least allow our opponents to beat us why did we have to do this to ourselves that's just going to make for a long next eight months well, I think it's funny we could actually do this in one of our upcoming uh, six rings podcasts Let's go back and break down the 17 games and decide how many of those games, the eight, the 17 outcomes, were wins by the victorious team or really losses by the defeated team. Because I think the Patriots gained a lot of wins by the other team losing the game, kicking the game away. And mm -hmm. I think the Patriots lost a bunch of games by kicking it away themselves. So it's almost like, I don't know, were 12 of the 17 games really losing efforts rather than they were winning efforts by the victors we should um, put that in your little notebook for a segment of the old six rings 
uh, segment. That sounds like a that sounds like a week worth of uh, off season podcast. If you ask Dissertation. Me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Also, uh, may I point out as one of the minor storylines or a couple of the storylines heading into today's game were the suspensions and now uh, I guess we're going to have some protests uh, f- filed or lobbied uh, by the agents or representatives of Jack Jones and especially Jake Bailey uh, over disagreements, uh, missing appointments, disagreements in treatment and returning from injured reserve. Uh, whatever Jake Bailey is paid, and it seems to be way too much for a punter, but whatever Jake Bailey is paid, I would have gladly paid him double just to have him on kickoffs today. Did uh, I hope pa- Patriots fans today... My my fellow members of Pat's Nation today realize how important it is, how valuable it is to have somebody who can kick it through the back of the end zone. No, you know, no disrespect to my guy, Big Kick Nick, but he obviously doesn't have quite the leg that a Jake Bailey or someone else does for kickoffs. And it came back to bite the Patriots in the ass so many times today. Uh, and 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 of all things, when they decide to squit, this is uh, God. Should, like, you'd almost want to say, like, hey, Siri, show me the New England Patriots in one play this season. And I, of course, now just woke my phone up as well as millions of other ones by accident. But show me one play that, like, encapsulates the 2022 Patriots on the whole. It would probably be Nick Folk's attempt at a squib kick that sadly went out of bounds at the 20-yard line. Not kicking it smartly to Naeem Hines, but also giving a team like Buffalo the ball on the 40 and only a short 60-yard field. Just insane. Yeah, that was uh, emblematic, I guess they'd say. But I thought a lot of plays were. Even the the last interception is Mack gets hit, throws it behind Harris, deflects off his hands, interception. It's like little things that cost you in the end. And... Now, they had plenty of big things, but, um, like, I'd be interested to see the All-22 and the breakdown oh. of the two kickoff returns for a touchdown and just see how bad it was, or is it one guy who tries to do a little too much, just like we saw in Vegas when somebody tried to do a little too much, or against the Bengals when somebody tried to do a little too much. You try to do a little too much, you do too much, and it costs you. And it does, and it costs you in the end, and it's just a... Uh... A bad look. I saw when the inactives came out at 1130 and Brendan Schooler was not active, thereby putting Matt Slater in the full prominent leadership role that he usually carries on special teams, but without Brother School, as he calls him, the ascending star and possible uh, captain, if you will, of the special teams or the big special teamer going forward. I thought it was going to be troubling for them. I didn't think it was going to hurt them this much to this a degree, to this degree, but like there's how thin... There's how narrow, how small your margin of error is. That's how narrow the margin of error is when you're the New England Patriots. Now, like, you can't afford to have a special teamer miss the game against Buffalo in a critical season-saving game where you win and you're in, and if you lose, you're out. But, hey, so the 2022 Patriots go. Plenty to talk about for sure today and all season and off-season long. We didn't want it yet, Andy, but hey, the offseason is here, and we are here to comfort you. Take your calls. Provide further analysis. We'll share Mac Jones and Bill Belichick when they come to the podium. We'll get calls from our own guy, Kyrie Thompson and Christian Fourier, to bring an end to the season as well. Shout out to my guys, the Risses that are driving home skiing right now, saying, hey, loving the Six Rings post-game show, guys. Thanks for keeping us company 
on the way back from watching the game or wherever you were. That's what Jumbo and I are happy to do. Once again, we're broadcasting from our Best Yet brand studio. And the Six Rings Post Game Show is brought to you by Zudi. Build any app your company needs in just a week. Visit Zudi. That's Z-U-D-Y dot com for your free trial. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. It's Fitzy and Hart on the season-ending edition of the Six Rings Post Game Show on WEEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Well, the finale edition of the Six Rings postgame show is the New England Patriots have been eliminated from postseason contention with their 35-23 loss at Highmark Stadium up in Buffalo. You got your old pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart here with you on the Six Rings postgame show till 7.30 tonight, 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. We gave you our opening half hour of thoughts on the game, the season, why things went the way they did and how frustrating it was. Now we welcome you, the fair and probably frustrated members of Patriots Nation, to the phones. Andy, let's first speak with our guy, Sorja, in Mansfield. Sorja, welcome to the Six Rings postgame show. Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm just... Oof. It's just a range of emotions right now. I mean, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the stages of grief, but, like, like I'm. it's a sigh of relief that the season's over because I can't take any more of this. Um, is a lot of anger, a lot of disappointment, a lot of like I don't know fear, fear of the unknown is an emotion. But like I, I guess my main point is is that you have to be somewhat encouraged. You know, like Andy, as you were saying, they came out to play, right? They could have just yep. said, you know what, screw this, right? We've had a terrible season. We're an eight and eight football team. We got no shot. I respect that they gave the fight. You know, they maybe didn't have the tools to make a prime rib, but they. Me gave you a well done. It is what it is, right? So here's here's my problem though. I think I don't know if who said this in sports radio or in the analyst world, but I have heard the saying before that as a team, it sucks to be in the middle, right? You either if you're at the bottom, you can either build to the top, and if you're at the top, 
you know, you can, you're one of one of the contenders, right? But I've heard the saying that it kind of sucks to be in the middle, and that's kind of what we're in. It's like we're in this purgatory of like we just have decent players, but we don't have a good collection of players. You know what I mean? And I think it's really up to um, whoever is making decisions at Foxborough to really look at this roster and say, okay, we these are our needs, and we got to clean up these receivers. All right, we have like. A lot of one C's and one B's. We just need one one A who can kind of like a Steph Diggs, and it's like like you guys just mentioned. I, I hate to reiterate the point, but you just see what that difference is. There was that one play on the one of the last drives where he was like it was like four forty six to go, and he was almost toying with the Patriots. So he was like he caught the ball. He's like, do I go out of bounds? Do I not? He's just toying with us, you know. So I hope you know this off season that the Patriots organization takes this as seriously as they need to build through the draft. At least, you know, now that you know that you're not going to the playoffs, you'll get a better draft pick. But listen, guys, it's, I was, I, I texted this to my friends. I'd say, I would say it's a hell of a season, but that'd be an insult to hell. So you guys have a good night. Wow. <laughs> Ouch, babe. Ouch, babe. Uh, you have Ouch. a good night too, Sorja. Um, so as I said earlier, I think there's some deficiencies in talent. I don't know if it's as far away as we make it out to be. Some of them are huge. Some of them are big. I would argue, do you think today looks any different if uh, Jack Jones is on the field? Forget about the other issues. We can talk about those issues that have come up since since he went on IR. But my point is, if you had a number one corner, I think everything changes, just like if you have a number one receiver. Now, I know that it's not easy to get these things. I'm, you know, that these are difficult tasks, and that's where Sorge is right. When you're in that purgatory of the middle of the road, when your high pick for your quarterback is 15, Mm -hmm. that's not that high. That's middle of the road. You're talking about Joe Burrow's Bengals, number one overall pick, who throws to Jamar Chase, number six overall pick, or whatever Mm -hmm. he was in there. You're talking about now, I guess you could say Mahomes and Josh Allen went a little bit later. They weren't right at the top of the draft. But those are their generational talents, and they have, at least in the terms of Stephon Diggs, a true number one. They traded a first-round pick for that guy. They essentially traded Justin Jefferson for that guy, and it worked Mm -hmm. out for both teams. But, like, there are certain things that I do look at and say, like, I think Barmore showed flashes yet again of the guy that people hope he can be consistently. If you block him with one offensive lineman, he embarrasses you. He will dominate your ass as an offense. And I thought you saw that today. He can rush angry up the middle. We saw Uche flash at times. We know Judon is still a very good player. It's not like he's on the back nine. I think he still has plenty left. Mm -hmm. The linebackers, I think, need to be addressed in a number one cornerback. But if you can find a good linebacker, and if Jack Jones evolves into a true number one cornerback, I think this defense takes steps forward. And then offensively, you know my little plan, Bill, Billy O'Brien. Oh, Mac Jones is going to join Jones, us to talk about the loss in Buffalo. Tough results and proud of the guys. Wouldn't trade them for anybody. Great people in that locker room. Um, just wasn't our day and got to have a better you know, result than that. But we fought hard and um, you know, it's, it's tough. So it's all you can do and it's over. So, I mean, nothing... Just watch the watch the tape and get ready for trying to become a better football player. I guess so emotional at the beginning of the game. You know, yet you guys fought back, and tied it up at seven. It seemed like offensively you did a lot of good things. Was that one of the better performances as a unit today? 
Yeah, I think, like I said, the guys in the room, we fought through a lot this year, a lot of up and downs, and um, learned a lot about each other, learned a lot about football, um, and just not good enough today. Starts with me as the quarterback. And definitely left everything out there for the Patriot on our jersey and the names on our back, so that's all you can really do. Um, but just disappointed. So. Yeah, I think, look, it's football and um, there's going to be explosive plays made and the key is just to keep fighting and try not to look at the scoreboard and, um, you know, just move the ball well on offense, play ball on defense and really just got to do it all together. And I feel like if we did that, it would have been a better result. But just too up and down at times and um, tough result, I think. Like I said, learned a lot. You know, you learn from every game, but it's a tough one to learn from because you want to win so bad. Um, and you put everything on the line to win. So it didn't happen. And, uh, kind of is what it is. That was so much this year. Satisfied after the injury? Satisfied with the progression of this year? No. Um, obviously, you, know, you look at each year of your football life and you want to get better as a player. <clears throat> and I did. I learned a lot. And I think a lot of guys on our team learned a lot. Um, but it was not the progress that any of us wanted to make. So it starts with me and. Um, you know, not to talk about last year or anything, but it's the same story here. Just towards the end of the season, we have to play better, have to win this game to get a chance to move on. And that's how every season's going to be in the NFL. You either, you know, get close to making the playoffs and you got to win out, or you get there and you either win or go home. So couldn't do that today. And just proud of the guys. Like I said, it's just tough because we had such a good group of guys, the same group. You know, I've been working with the past two years and we made a lot of progress throughout the year, just not good enough to, you know, consistently do it and, and all that. So it was just disappointing. Matt, your mind the touchdown to Jacoby, can you just talk about that and the two of your just, I mean, they're all great players. Yeah, I think it shows me we have great players that can make plays and the offensive line did a good job um, for the whole day. And it's a good defensive front playing with a lot of energy and playing with a different style than they played before, more vertical in, in the you know, pocket and stuff like that. So they did a good job, and we got great skill players. Like I said, we added really good guys this year. And, um, I've got the chemistry with the other guys. It's just sad that, you know, we couldn't pull it together and, and have more points to, to, to win the game. Matt, can you last week uh, talk about how bad he wants to come back next season? Uh, I assume that's going to be the future. How bad do you enjoy like to see back for the Patriots next year? Yeah, I mean, Jacoby's one of the best, if not the best teammates I've ever had. Um, he's a great person. He comes to work every day, doesn't complain, does everything right, and he deserves everything that's coming his way. So hopefully it's with us, and, yeah, he means a lot to me. Matt, your final question is back. Matt, you are pleased with your progress this year. Yeah. Why do you think you can make the progress that you play? Yeah, I think you want to win every game that you play in, and – you want to win the tough ones and all that, and we, we didn't get a chance to do that. And as a quarterback, I just put the blame on me because it's my offense, it's my group of guys, and we have to put a better product out there. It starts with me. So um, tough uphill battle, but learned a lot, learned more than anything I ever could imagine in a football season. And um, just want to be able to build on it. And you know, today's disappointing. It just all goes back to today. We win and we move on, and we lose and we go home. So. 
got to look at that for the next couple months and kind of work from work from there. It's just tough to even look to the future right now. Just tough, tough day for us. No, I have a question looking toward the future, but in your mind, what needs to change for you guys to have that progress and that success? Yeah, I think uh, the players, like I said, just we have a great group and um, we all fought hard for each other and. Um, you know, it's just it's conversations that will be had, and it's not important right now. I think everybody put everything they had on the line. That's important. Um, played for, like I said, the Patriot on the front of our jersey and the names on our back, and that's all you can ask. And um, at the end of the day, you just can control your effort, um, and, and that's all you can control. So um, tough, tough year, tough ending, but proud of the guys and really blessed to have gone through you know a year like this and. Honestly, just looking forward to improving as a football player. So, um, a lot to digest, but I appreciate y'all and everything you've done this year, too, in the media, um, coming to every game and all that. So, appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks. Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones. New England Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones, speaking at the podium in the locker room after today's 35 23 difficult, heartbreaking, and season ending defeat against the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, I think he did a good job there, Andy. I think he did what a leader is supposed to do, made it about himself, supported his teammates, spoke positively of them, talked them up, uh, and kind of like, you know, stood in the line of fire, if you will, uh, for the way they played this season and for why ultimately they didn't win today, even though I think you and I and many other fans agree that it was not Mac Jones's fault today. No, it wasn't, but the, the line I found most interesting is something to the effect I learned more this year than I ever th- thought I would during a football season. And I don't know how you take that, because a lot of times people say you learn the most in life through failure and adversity and struggles and trying times, and I think that's sort of what he's alluding to. Um, you know, with more stability and maybe common sense approach to constructing a coaching staff around him, um, he'll be happy to not learn again next year. But he, I think he's well aware. The line he said something to the effect of, you know, each year of football, you look at it or something like you only have so many years in your career mm-hmm. um, early on. Like he knows this was kind of a wasted season for him and the Patriots. Yeah. He knows that. He didn't say it. I think he kind of alluded to it in certain ways. And I think you and I agree. That's why I say a common sense approach to building a coaching staff around him I think this season plays out differently. We've joked. How often did we joke about Fitzy? Rotate the coaches like a couple clicks. Judge, you go back to special teams. Patricia, you can guess what? This is a tenants. There's enough talent on this team. I'm not going to say that they're they're not as talented on paper, on the field, wherever you look at them as Buffalo or maybe some of the other teams that really have a chance to win the Super Bowl. They're not eight and nine talented, Andy. Right. And and. It was, I, I kept using the word submarined or torpedoed the season by the coaching staff, ineptitude. And not just, like, am I wrong to assume that if Joe Judge coaches special teams, immediately both the offense and special teams get better? He gets away from the offense and he gets to the special teams, addition by subtraction in one area and addition by addition in another area? Like, that's why I think it's so simple. And, may, I mean, we're getting a lot of strong reactions on Twitter a lot of people are fired up. Get rid of Bill. Get rid of his cronies. Mm-hmm. Max sucks. Speaking of Bill Belichick, he's coming to the podium to talk about the disappointing loss. I'm going to start congratulating Buffalo on division champions. They deserve it. Um, good football team. 
you know, today we, we missed some opportunities. Uh, you know, gave up four four big plays. Pretty much over three in the right area, so you know had some opportunities you need to do better with, and gave some big plays that were along with some other things, you know, a difference in the game. So um, proud of the way our guys competed um, and prepared, uh, but in the end, collectively, players, coaches, it was so good enough today. Sir, so that's about it. Off, uh, what did you see as the breakdown that contributed to that? So, yeah. Two breakdowns. Two breakdowns of the player, two kickoffs. Uh, both. What were they on the first one? Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Bill, you knew there was going to be a lot of emotion in the stadium today. And even after that kickoff, are you proud of the way the guys sort of uh, fended that off and fought and left their halftime tired? Yeah, I'm just, like I said, I was proud of the way our guys competed. Bill, just to kind of feel like there's going to be an emotional environment here. Did you, did you feel like just the atmosphere impacted that first play? I know soon, but how, how do you look on this? Back on this season, obviously disappointed not to make the playoffs, but kind of your thoughts as, as you head into the offseason now and, and, and what yeah, happened this year? deal with this game. We'll deal with all that later. Bill, Matthew and Devin were very emotional after the game, especially Matthew. Just talk about them. It is indeed the last game. All right, I've talked about them an awful lot, so I'll let them talk and follow their lead at some point. Going back to the, the kickoffs, I know you don't want to get into um, the breakdowns, but just where Jake had been your kickoff person, and he's not available to you on the suspended list, um, but his agent put out a statement saying that he had hoped to come back. He was surprised by the suspension. I'm curious if you see it the same way. No. Could you elaborate how you see it? He wasn't, he's not eligible to play. He, he said he, his agent said he felt like he was ready and he was surprised to be told he wasn't. Is that he was on designated for a turn and he wasn't able to play. So. Suspension, it's a whole other thing, but he wasn't able to come back from the DF. So he, he, he wasn't unavailable because of the suspension, is what you're saying? He was unavailable. That's the bottom line. Because of the IR? He was unavailable. Secondary competed against Allen. Obviously, you mentioned the uh, two big plays through the year. It felt like they had some possibilities. I think I said at the beginning, I was proud of the way our team competed. I was proud of the way our all of our players competed. In the end, we didn't make enough plays to win. They made some big plays.
Bill, what does it say about that uh, in a decision like this that he comes up with an interception, fumble recovery, and the pass the play? And it's been a great player for us. We'll talk about it later. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not going to preempt anything. That's their decision, not mine. So whatever it is, we'll deal with it later. There we have it. Patriots coach Bill Belichick with his final postgame presser following today's disappointing, difficult, and at times depressing defeat to the Buffalo Bills, knocking the Pats out of the postseason. Uh, we are efforting uh, getting some other post-game audio from you. There was a very emotional David Andrews at the podium discussing McCordy and Slater, and if that is their final game, which I think most of us in this room or whoever's listening right now believe to be the case as well. Belichick, obviously, in defeat mode, Andy. I guess that, I, that's just sort of like classic Bill Belichick You know, af- after a defeat. There wasn't anything that stood out from that aside from the fact that it was kind of quick, pretty stoic, and very Bill. Yeah, and kind of what we talked about and what I expected. Like, the compete level was there, to steal the, the hockey term. Yep. They definitely competed. I think they met the challenge of the environment, and they met the challenge of coming back from an opening potential knockout punch in the first play of the game. They just weren't good enough. They just didn't make enough plays. I also found it interesting. So he kind of made it quite clear that, because you had talked about having Jake Bailey to kick off might have been a difference in this game. And he made it clear Jake Bailey was not physically able to return. And then the suspension is a side issue off of that somehow. I still don't totally understand what's going on, but it seems like he made it clear he was not able to return from the injury. Yeah, that's a very confusing matter. we got some time to break that one down as well. So we just heard from Mac. We heard from Bill. Now when we come back, we have to take a break now and try to reset our clock and get back on track here with the Six Rings postgame show. Chuck, David, Jake, Bob, Matt, don't go anywhere. We're going to get all your calls and so much more coming up. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. It's the Six Rings postgame show for the final time on the 2022 season here on WEEI. This is the final game, sir. Yeah, the Slayer and Devin McCoy, just the bottom what they've meant to you and what they meant to this team. Yeah. It's been a lot. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. That is so. Patriot Center and Team Captain David Andrews at the podium earlier from Highmark Stadium in Buffalo, getting emotional and worked up about what leaders Matthew Slater and Devin McCourty, both of whom are likely to retire and call it a career, meant to him an emotional moment, an emotional day. I mean, that's the easiest way to describe uh, a, a, a day in a game like this, Andy. Emotional from the lead-up, the pregame show, all the way through, and now obviously in the postgame as well. And the roller coaster that was the game with, I, I still can't get over, kickoff return for a touchdown, big plays, you throw an ugly pick, oh, don't worry, he fumbles it back to you, like plays in the end zone, that McCourty pass defense where he's running with his back and throws his hand up just reading the eyes of the receiver, you know, the fumble, mm-hmm. muffed punt, fumble, Matthew Slater kind of forces the guy into the ball, like those guys were at the center of some of the big plays in this game, and it was just a, 
an up and down affair. But I mean, I think in the end, you know what I'm really interested in, actually, reading the tweets mm-hmm. is there's a number of I'm just so glad it's over. This season was frustrating. It was, you know, one person said something about like one step forward, two steps back. And I can understand that it was frustrating because obviously it was frustrating for Mac Jones, Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, the fans, everybody. But I don't I, I'm not sure I really understand the glad it's over mm. kind of sentence, especially was it that I, bad that people would want this to be over and not do it again? And especially when I understand glad it's over when you finish like four and 13. If you yeah. win this game, they tell you to fly to a city and play another game. They allow you to compete for a championship. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've continued to say that the person that I think that would have mattered most to is Mac Jones. Like, I think his resume saying two years in the NFL, two trips to the postseason, regardless of all the details around it, would have been a uh, a real feather in his cap. But I don't know. I just the sentiment I, I can understand wanting to move on to improvement, but wanting the season to end when you were battling for the playoffs, I think, is a weird is a weird spot. It's a very, very weird spot. I can't believe anybody would ever want to pass up on the opportunity to get in the postseason to try to fix what's been ailing you. Hey, you know, it's the, it's the old line, you know. Don't get a chance unless you make it to the dance. But Patriots had their invitation rescinded today up in Buffalo. Back to the phones we go. 617-779-7937. The frustrations of the Foxborough faithful continue. Jake is in Boston. Oh, I bet he's got a peach prepared for us today. Hello, Jake. Yeah, Fitzy, year three, Brady's going to the playoffs again as a division champ, and Billy Boy and Crafty Bob are at home. Total frauds without their god of a QB, who you all took for granted for 20 years, thought it was the system, thought it wasn't him. It was obviously him, and he took a crap team to the playoffs on his side, too. Uh, Before eight months of victory. You know they have the same record, right? Yeah, but you know okay, what? Okay, just he, just okay. Move on with your call. I just wanted to point that out. Go ahead. He won two games that Mac Jones never won to put him in a position where they actually won the division. So that's does, does Mac Jones have uh, any receivers that you know would even make the Bucks? Uh, you could make an effort if, if Kendrick Bourne's actually put in an effort. He might be able to make that team, but he obviously loafed around today. No one noticed. Hunter Henry could make that team. Um, I meant receivers. Listen, silver lining here was that Miami won. So they're probably out of the Sean Payton sweepstakes. They're a week behind. I think Payton gets done this week, uh, given the compensation. So that's a positive. So you don't get that Brady-Payton rumored Miami uh, soiree because Tom Brady, with those receivers, they would have won 13 games this year. Two, um, if Tom beats Dallas, I think you call up Jerry Jones and you dangle Bill Belichick and you see what you can get for him this offseason. And I do think you should be part of the Sean Payton sweepstakes. I do think you need to look at the next generation here because you have a 71-year-old head coach here at the start of next season who ain't getting any younger, and his kids obviously can't even get a sniff of an interview, so you know they're awful because otherwise they'd be hired elsewhere by now like Kyle Shanahan was. Uh, Number three, Kenny Pickett is everything you think Mac Jones is. He is a winner. He's someone that can step into the pocket, make those throws, is accountable, is not hunky-dory in the post game. He is a winner. He won at Pitt. He won. He, he, I mean, to be honest, Tomlin should be at fault for the playoffs because, I mean, they should have gone to him after week one. Um, four, did you see Kraft getting into a fight with his new wife in the, in the suite in the third quarter? I thought that was hilarious. And then five, I know Just this week has been about life. I, I know this week's been about life and death. 
But um, if, we, if we really want to go down that road, the Patriots have four planes. They all burn a ton of CO2, and they're going to kill a bunch of All right, Jake, thanks very much uh, for taking Thank what was God. a reasonably so, analytical call and turning it into something that reminds me why it's a bad idea to take your call during any postgame show, whether it's the last one at the end of the season or one in the middle of the year. I just hate the factual inaccuracies or the just biases. So... Kenny Bourne Pickett's was loafing around today. I disagree. Well, forget that. On. That's opinion. Kenny Pickett won at Pitt, right? But mm-hmm. Mac didn't win at Alabama because I believe they actually I guess the gave national him a championship ring. doesn't count as winning. And Kenny Pickett's a winner. Is he in the playoffs? Mm. Well, he's got a winning Mac, record. I guess maybe that's Jake's point. Like Mac is a rookie when he went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is Jake's point exactly? Because it was stupid. The whole call from start to finish, in my opinion, was stupid. Sometimes Jake entertains me. Tonight mm-hmm. he annoyed me with pure stupidity. Yep. Well, good thing is, Andy, since this is the final postgame show of the 2022 season, we don't have to take Jake's calls about the Patriots anytime soon. However, someone way up in Buffalo wants to victory lap us. They get to because they're going back to the playoffs and they've got a real good shot at making it to the Super Bowl. Hi, Chuck. Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, top of the world, man. Never better. Good yeah, man. you know, you know, Six Rings podcast and all, and you don't take in consideration the tuck rule. You know, you, you, you New England Patriots fans and your narcissism mm. is one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. Mm. I mean, you're nothing without Brady. You're nothing without him. Belichick is a joke. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's a joke. What's he done without Brady? Nothing. He hasn't I done mean, much, you, you but guys... we did have Brady for those 20 years. And uh, I'm not what sure are what you, you without Josh Allen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's, that's the thing. We have Josh Allen. We, we have had him. Tom Brady, Brady we get for 20 it. years. We, we didn't make the decision. We, we thoroughly enjoyed when he would be the older brother and sit on your head on the couch and never let you guys up. That was delightful. Was Too bad we don't, it doesn't and happen now, anymore. And, and you know what? Times change, and now we're on top. And now we're on top. You guys are a joke. Enjoy being the bottom feeders of the AFC East for the next, I don't know, decade. I mean, I mean, tell me me Chuck. It was a pleasure talking to you. The only disappointment (laughs) is that I let the call last longer than 13. Quick question. Yeah. Who finished in last place in the AFC East? Why, that would be the New York Jets. J-E-T-S. So, like, these are the people that annoy me. The bottom feeders in the AFC East. No, no, actually. I'm not bragging about eight and nine, and I'm not even the super fan. I feel like, but the the idiocy of factual F-ups when you're trying to screw with somebody, if you're going to be an a-hole, be accurate, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to have some facts behind it, or it all just falls apart. There's plenty Take to rip from the Andy, Patriots everybody. on No, I know. All the I Jets absolute- needed to do today... All they needed to do was score more than six points. They just could have scored ten points. They would have derailed the Dolphins, not allowed a division rival to limp into the playoffs as the number seven seed. Nope, couldn't do it. Can we, um, I, I owe Jake an apology, actually, because one thing in his call actually did interest me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would absolutely call the Dallas Cowboys if they're one and done in the playoffs and try to get an emotional Jerry Jones to trade you like three first-round picks for Bill Belichick to get that team over the hump. I would ab- I keep saying it. Come again. Bill- Wait, come again. That's a hot one to to uh, to drop on us right before we have to get to break. One more time. Treat Bill like Bill would treat Bill. If the Cowboys are one Oof. and done 
And Ooh. Jerry Jones is the most emotional man on the planet. Call him. See if he would trade for Bill Belichick. If you could get a couple first-round picks, two or three first-round picks for Bill Belichick, and then flip one of those for Sean Payton, I'm here for it. Wow. I wasn't sure you were going to be bringing some of that signature heart spice. But you know what? Hey, like I always say, I'm here for it. Everything is on the table in this, the season finale episode of the Six Rings Post. Yeah, you guys were a bunch of frauds. Now we're up on top. Buffalo, come, please call me from the victory parade. Call me from the duck boats that you probably will have to borrow from Boston if you want to ride them through downtown Buffalo. You know what? Don't have me insulting Buffalo because we were all on your side. But it's jackasses like that who call into postgame shows like this wanting to troll at a time when we were all unified behind Buffalo, behind Bill's Mafia, behind everything that happened this week, we tried to, I think we saw, Andy, the best part of sports fandom, the best part of the brotherhood, sportsmanship, this past week. And it's knuckleheads like that that bring out the worst in people, and it's a shame. I apologize for even trolling Buffalo. I should have paid him no heed. Boy, Jake and Chuck, back-to-back, that was an absolute double suck on the callers. I'm going to... I'm going to ask the next callers that we take in the next break to try to do, like Mac Jones always says, a little bit better. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Back at you real soon. Kyrie Thompson calling in. Christian Fourier calling in. Andy Hart's thumbs up, thumbs down. The player of the game and so much more as we broadcast from our Best Yet brand studio. It's the Six Rings Post Game Show on WEEI. Breaking down the game that was. This is the Six Rings Post Game Show. Here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Are you satisfied with the progress you made this year? No. Um, obviously, you, know, you look at each year of your football life and you want to get better as a player. <clears throat> and I did. I learned a lot. And I think a lot of guys on our team learned a lot. Um, but it was not the progress that any of us wanted to make. So it starts with me and... Um, you know, not to talk about last year or anything, but it's the same story here. Just towards the end of the season, we have to play better, have to win this game to get a chance to move on. And that's how every season's going to be in the NFL. You either, you know, get close to making the playoffs and you got to win out, or you get there and you either win or go home. So I couldn't do that today. And just proud of the guys. Like I said, it's just tough because we had such a good group of guys, the same group. You know, I've been working with the past two years, and we made a lot of progress throughout the year, just not good enough to you know, consistently do it and, and all that, so it's just disappointing. Yeah, Mac Jones addressing the issue of why things didn't go the way that we thought they should have, how he was not able to make the progress that we thought he should have this year. Andy, the big storyline, and I think you and I both addressed it earlier, you and I believe that this game wasn't even close or remotely all about Mac Jones not being able to do the job. But you said it earlier, like this is kind of a lost season overall for the Patriots and a lost season for Mac Jones. Like it, even though he made strides today and showed you that when he gets good play calling, unified team, and they put their best effort forward, they can actually score the ball. They can actually drive the ball. They can make big plays. They can make splash plays. They can excite you. They can compete. Not for a full four quarters, but for a while against some of the better. Not all four quarters, obviously. But they can compete for a while against some of the better teams in the NFL. They gave themselves a chance to win this game. They were winning 17-14 in the third quarter. Then the defense fell apart. That second kickoff return touchdown. If you didn't think that this game was over 
when the Buffalo Bills get a 96-yard kickoff return to start the game as if it was willed by the heavens, as if it was something out of a Hollywood script. By the time they get the second kickoff return touchdown, I mean, it just it just wasn't meant to be. But as far as Mac Jones goes, anyone who says, like, he's got to go, he's one of the things they need to change about this offseason, uh, you, didn't, you didn't watch the game today. You didn't pay attention to what's gone on this season. Want to play a game? Sure, I, I, I always love to play games. You can keep only one. Okay. Mac Jones or Bill Belichick. Woo! I wasn't ready for that kind of high stakes. Keep only one. You Damn. said you wanted to play a game. I love games. I just I like, like games a serial that don't killer put... there. Want to wow. play a game? <laughs> Shall we play a game? What do you got? I can Let's keep go. only one, an sir. Let's go. Today. Uh, I can keep only one. I'll keep Bill you Belichick. You keep saying that. I'll keep Belichick. Oh, sorry, I stepped on it. Okay, Belichick. I'd keep Belichick. Between the two, if I had to at this point, blank to blank to wall, yes, I'll keep Belichick over Mac Jones. But Hello. not... Do you want to play a game? <laughs> Jigsaw! Um, yeah, I'll, I'd keep Belichick, but it's not like a landslide. Believe me, it is not like, oh, like in a... In a you know, a total landslide in a heartbeat, bro. Like, eh, it'd be close. Cl- well, call. if you're a Mac guy, I think, if you're a true Mac supporter, if you believe he is a good starting franchise, top 12, whatever, NFL quarterback, I think you'd say Mac because you'll say, I'll get 10, 12, 15 years out of him compared to five at the most out of Bill, whatever the number you put on Bill that's relatively small. But I think right now there are questions about both. Like, I got a tweet from somebody who was like, going to be interesting to see who Kraft hires in the offseason. And I'm like, what? You think Bill's out already? Definitively? Uh, yeah, going to be an interesting offseason. Be interested to mm-hmm. see who Kraft goes after as his head coach, Jeffrey Brown said on Twitter. Huh. Um, I do not believe, unless Bill walks out, I do not believe Bill will be kicked out this offseason. But I believe no. tough conversations will be had in the coming weeks inside the football offices and the ownership offices at Gillette Stadium. In the third hour of the Six Rings postgame show, we will play a uh, little game that I like to call Last Call. I think we all believe it's Last Call for Slater and McCourty, but there's a number of other players on this team that I'd like to find out if you think it was their last call, and I don't believe Bill Belichick and Mac Jones will be a part of that list. Back to the calls. We go to Patriots fans, Pats Nation, in mourning today as the season is over. No playoffs for the second time in three years for your favorite and beloved Patriots. Matt is down in Connecticut. Hi, Matt. How you doing? Hey, doing really well. Thanks. Um, what I'm just wondering is you mentioned not having a corner to match up with Diggs earlier, and I'm wondering how do you think New England going into this offseason approaches that need for a number one corner? You saw John Jones working well in the spot, then getting exposed. You saw Marcus Jones working well in some situations. You saw Jack Jones getting overreaching, you know, trying to do a little too much sometimes. He could develop, but do you want to rely on that? Miles Bryant is Miles Bryant. I don't know how you rely on him at all. But do you have to dip back into the free agency well, though, for like another high-priced guy, a a James Bradbury, like you did with Gilmore? Do you go early in the draft, or do you just sort of cross your fingers and really rely on the young guys from this year growing and developing? I think it's probably more of the cross your fingers. Um, Jalen Mills, maybe another veteran brought in, a mid-level or, or whatever com- competent veteran. Um, but my guess is the hope. And ex- Now, 
this this suspension thing is a wild card. I I'm, I'm going to assume Jack Jones is still in good standing with the organization, and they still think he's a developmental starter and whatever. Yeah, we might how... need to iron that out. What the hell happened yeah. there over the last couple of weeks? Because if those things go sideways, then I think you really need. Because I do think there's some that probably hope that Jack Jones could be a number one corner in the National Football League. He flashed and, at times this year for sure. And if you get that, that changes a lot of things. And maybe you just need a bridge. Maybe you think, okay, year three. When he gets to year three, he'll come into his own. Can I piece it together with Jalen Mills, somebody else between now and then? Um, but the secondary is a – I know we talk about a lot of things, but – with the uncertainty of Jalen Mill, I mean um, Jonathan Jones, free agency, mm-hmm. you got some questions in the secondary because I'm not sold. Marcus Jones is a starting corner. I think Marcus Jones is a better returner and offensive player maybe than starting cornerback. Um, if you no, lose he Jonathan might be, Jones, he might be a good sub sub package corner, Andy. Sure, but I don't... extra corner. I'll uh-huh. take him extra corner over Miles Bryant. Stole the words and the thought right out of my brain and my mouth. But um, there's there's definitely questions there and. Don't discount they do not really have a free safety. Now, I think that may be Jalen Mills. If Devin McCourty walks away, he's been essentially their free safety for over a decade. He's been the guy, the last line mm-hmm. of defense, very durable, always out there, doesn't allow big plays for the most part. That's something Duggar is not that, Phillips is not that, Peppers, if he comes back, who's on, he's only on a one-year deal, but even if he came back, he's not that. So I do think that free safety role Maybe Jalen Mills slides into that. But again, now mm. he's not playing he did, corner. He's a little bit of a hybrid, right? Didn't they sign him on that uh, Absolutely. four-year, $24 oh, he was, million dollar deal with the understanding that he could play safety and corner? No, I think with the expectation he would play safety. And he ended up being your number one corner. The problem is he hasn't been terrible as a number one corner, and we're talking about the lack of a number one corner. If you bump him to free safety, now it's Jack Jones. Now it's Jack Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody? Um, not anybody Marcus in the Jones, not Miles Anybody get Bryant. ideas? Hulu yeah, plus, plus, plus. Okay, it's stupid, but it might cover Stephon Diggs. We'll take it. No, the cornerback's uh, an interesting position for them, among a number of interesting positions. Now, we are already overrating it, because I've already seen the most interesting history or intriguing um, offseason in Patriots history. Mm-hmm. Is it that? I'm not sure. This, that one, might be com- a little... this one coming up? Yeah. I mean, we did have Tom Brady going into free agency and leaving. That felt like a pretty big offseason. That felt reasonably significant. Uh, also, by the way, Jonathan Jones listed as the number four priority cornerback on the free agent market. He uh, He is probably going to, uh, right here on Spotrac, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. It's one of these websites that all of us sports wonks and knuckleheads go to. Uh, he got $7 million to play professional football for the New England Patriots and be their de facto number one corner in 2022. They estimate his market value to be... $12.5 million, so it's probably going to have to be a four-year, $50 million deal to retain Jonathan Jones. Na, 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 na. Hey, 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 goodbye. Uh, not exactly I wish him luck. A... Great guy. Nice guy. Go uh-huh. cash in. If you can get $50 million, go. that's Ooh. generational wealth. I love saying that term because someday I'd love to have it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I appreciate every human being that is able to attain it. Go get it. Not a lot of other corners out there that... Uh inspire the kind of i mean there's a there's a couple other ones that are going to be hitting the market that'll probably be making some good money that whose rookie deals are up but i think you're going to need to dip back into the draft i'm not sure who you're going to find and if i were going to try to find some they're going to need to find some more corners you need one with length can we get one corner who's over six feet tall and no sean wade doesn't count because that guy doesn't play and no joan williams doesn't count because he's going to be uh freed of his services now that he finished the yard in reserve 
We kind of yeah. need one that's got maybe, you know, six, a little bit over six feet tall, not to be a heightist, not to be a vertical elitist. Feels it. Feels it. What? Yeah, just, well, okay, whatever. Ty Law was fine. How tall was he? Uh, he look, I look him, I, I think he's six foot. He is not six foot. Sure he is. On stilts. David is in the car. He wants to talk about Bill Belichick in today's Six Rings postgame show. Hi, David. Hey, guys. Good evening. Thank you for taking the call. So I am heartbroken that the Patriots are out of the playoffs. I'm one of those guys that wanted them to go forward, even if they were going to struggle. Now, here's my thing on, on Belichick. Um, and you guys are putting out the question out there, Matt or Mac or Bill. And I really don't want to have to choose. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it's uh, – Silvera? Yes. Oh, I got the right guy. Yeah, thank you. So at the same time, what, what's happening is, uh, what's happening is, Belichick wants to, Belichick, if the, if the Crafts are going to keep him around mm-hmm. for him to get to the Don Shula record, that's a mistake. That is a mistake if they're going to do that. It, that is the wrong thing to do if that's the intent that the Crafts have to hold on to him because of it and what he's done for us, which he's done a lot, and I understand and I respect him, and I thank you, him, and everyone who's been involved. But I think it's time to move on because you need to rebuild a team, and I don't think Belichick's got it in him anymore. I don't think he brings somebody else in like Sean Payton, uh, uh, you know. Like Sean Payton? What's his name? Sean Payton, uh, you have nothing to lose by trying to get somebody like him in here. Even if you want to bring in Billy O'Brien, that would be okay, too. It's just I don't think Belichick is, is in it like he used to be, and, and I think it's going to be a waste of another three, four years if he sticks around. We're not going to go anywhere. I, I'm just looking at it with a clear mind and a clear picture of what, what's going to happen, in my opinion. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call, David. I don't think David is alone in that assessment, Andy, but I don't believe either of us thinks that he's not the guy who's the right the right, the right, right man for the rebuild, if you will. All right. That's fine. Don't, How long don't is this rebuild take... going? I, I know. Like, they're three years in. Do you think that, obviously, they're not going back to the postseason. Mr. Kraft began the season from the Four owner's meeting. Four years without a playoff win. Four years without a playoff win, he said we were three years without a playoff win, and it bothered him in that famous audio clip where the truck was backing up at the owners' meetings back in April. Now, four years. It's going to be four years. And when you look at this team right now, knowing who's a free agent, what their priorities are, where they'll be drafting, et cetera, I can't tell you that all of a sudden a steamroller or a wagon or an absolute freight train of a football team is coming back to guarantee a a postseason victory, let alone a postseason berth next year, Andy. No. There are no guarantees moving forward. Like, this no. is as uncertain as I can ever. That's the one thing I'll say. This, the intrigue of this offseason, because there are few people that think Bill could be on the hot seat, that Bill could be in not a certainty to return. And then when you talk about all the other things and the questions about Mac, maybe it is the most intriguing offseason. Maybe I just talked myself into it. In a offseason, that was bad grammar, in an offseason, where there are a number of priority free agents and you need to undo a lot of the wrongs and the mistakes that you made this past season and put your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, or so you told us, back on track, where in a city you have two teams that could easily be on their way to title contention in the Bruins and the Celtics. Yes, the future of Bill Belichick could actually be the hottest topic in this yet most intriguing offseason to come. We shall see. Loads of your calls coming up. We'll hear from Fourier. We'll hear from... Kyrie, all of you guys, and so much more. So much in an action packed finale episode of the Six Rings Post Game Show coming up here on WEEI. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.